All right, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Living Madly. I am your host, Mad, and today we have a very special guest on the pod. He's my neighbor, a foodie, a storyteller, one of a kind guy. <laughs> Alex Rao, welcome to Living Madly. <laughs> Hello, it's good to be here. That's quite the intro. Yeah, you're a big deal. I want Thank them you. To, I want them all to know you're a big deal. I've only heard bad reviews on my storytelling abilities, so. <laughs> Alex tells a good story. He just tells a long story. There we go. That's fair. Yeah. That's, that's the best review I've had. So Alex moved into the house next door to us last December. He was Graham's like best, one of his best friends at Penn State. And we just like hit the jackpot when he moved in. It's like been the best. We uh, see each other almost every day. Yeah. I'd say five to six times a week if, if we're all in town. If we're all in town five to six times a week, it's like the best. So we're just going to start off with some icebreakers. My famous icebreakers, if oh, you will. Okay. Yeah, I'm ready. Okay. So Alex, please tell us where you're from and where you live now and what you do for work. Okay, cool. I'm from Palo Alto, California. Um, well, it's kind of like famous now, but it's in the Bay Area, like near Stanford and between San Francisco and San Jose. I now live in Denver, as Mad said, I'm her neighbor. And then for work, I do, uh, I think my title is like Director of Technical Sales, technically. <laughs> I love that, I think. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Pretty much I am a person. So my the company I work for is like 45 people. So I'm a person that sits between our customer and our engineering team. So I, I'm customer facing, talk to a lot of different people throughout the week, um, figure out what they want, and then discuss that with our engineering team and kind of go from there. Um, yeah. Sick. Tech life. Tech life. Tech life. Is Graham actually, does he have his headphones on? Yeah. Oh, damn. So he can't hear how loud he's being. Hold on. I'll cut it all out. All right. Alex, are you a morning or a night person? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think I'm most productive in the morning, but I'm also like most productive as in like most focused and probably uh, least distracted in the morning. And that's why. Um, but at night, I'm kind of like more active. So in the morning, I'm quite groggy. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, a mix between the two. Yeah. Do you sleep in or do you wake up early? Uh, I sleep in, I'd say. I set my alarm for about 8 a.m., 7.45 or 8 on weekdays. And then, you know, obviously weekends, no alarm. No alarm ever. Ever. Unless we're skiing. (laughs) Unless we're skiing. Yeah. Uh, So, does that make you a breakfast or a dinner kind of guy? Oh, dinner for sure. I skip breakfast, I would say, five days a week. Um, I learned about intermittent fasting a few years ago and I was like, oh, turns out I've been doing that accidentally for a while. I accidentally intermittent fast as well. Yeah. That's how I keep this, this body. So what time do you break your fat or like what time do you kind of naturally? Uh, I'd say if I usually eat my first thing between like 11 and noon and then I tend to have like a second lunch between like noon and one. Damn. We are on the same wavelength with that shit. Yeah. Um, do you prefer cooking alone or cooking with people? Um, that's a good question. I With people sounds like it can get crowded. I like cooking, I would say, with one to two other people maximum. Whoa. Uh, but I occasionally like my alone time in the kitchen. Yeah. It's you, fun to dance with the knife. 
which you don't want to do if there's another person in the kitchen. <laughs> Living on the edge. Yeah. Uh, do you prefer dining out or dining in? Ooh, another good question. Uh, I would say for dinner. Oh, man, that's tough. I know. I know. I, you know, I, I like I go through different moods, I guess, with that one. Like I occasionally, you know, obviously want to just like sit on a couch under a blanket and like have a TV show on. Um, and then other times it's like oh, I want to have some cool ambiance and like have someone kind of like bring me food and drinks and like sit in a cool place for like a few hours. So it depends what I'm feeling. I'd say 50-50 there. You have said 50-50 the last like three Yeah, answers. I keep saying that to answers. <laughs> You're giving me black and white and gray questions. <laughs> Alex likes everything. I love it, though. Um, okay. Beer or wine? Wine. Um, there you go. Straight answer. Yeah, I love it. Would you pr- prefer cooking a recipe or willy-nillying it? Like, just, like, going for it in the kitchen. No recipe required. Ooh. That's another good question. I have to say, I, I like to meet in the middle there. It depends what I'm making. If it's something I'm kind of doing for like the first time, um, I tend to kind of like stick to a recipe. If it's something I've done a few times, I like to do like willy nilly or like I'll look at uh, a recipe, how to make it from like different authors and, and kind of see what each one did, like what techniques each one used uh-huh. and why. And then, um, you know, to kind of take bits of bits and pieces from each one to like make a combo recipe. Oh, yeah, so that's kind of fun. That is fun. Okay, Rao, if you had the opportunity to travel to a new Earth in space, light years away, would you go to that new Earth or stay on this Earth forever? We have been waiting for this question. Um, and my answer, kind of, I, well, you asked me this like a year ago, like when I first moved here. Um. But I think the answer now would be to stay on Earth. I think traveling to a new planet with, like, a small group of people and, like, living the rest of my life with that small group of people would be an interesting adventure. But I don't think I would be, like, super happy in the long run with that. And I think I'd be happier on Earth in the long run. I feel that. Earth guy for life. Let's fucking go. We'll be the only two ones on Earth together. Everyone else can go to space. (laughs) Oh, I just threw your dog the ball. Uh, I know. It's going to be good podcast audio. It is. Ambiance. Um, do you know your Myers-Briggs? Yeah, I do. I'm INFJ. Wait, nah. Yeah. Are you INFJ? I'm an INFJ. Literally. So it's introvert. I, well, we did, like we were just talking about this other the other night, actually. But we like looked up what each letter meant. And I only remember introvert and judging. And we talked about how we're like we're all just like super judgy people, which is like a good thing. I forget what the N is, but the feeling is the F is feeling like we let our emotions go. It's like feeling or thinking. It's feeling or thinking. So we're feelers. And then I forget what the N is, but that's okay. Yeah. Um. What's your astrology sign? Oh, uh, I'm a Sagittarius. Yeah, you are. Yeah, 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 because you are too. I was born on December 16th and Rao was born on December December 17th. So we're like birthday bros. Yeah, pretty much twins. Shelby just lost his ball and he's like so confused. Yeah, this is kind of funny. It is kind of funny. Um, Okay, amazing. And then last of the icebreakers, 
is um, what's one thing you've bought in in the last few weeks under twenty dollars that's like changed your life? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I feel like I literally just got something like a few days ago that has helped me immensely, but I'm like blanking on what it is. So super helpful there. <laughs> it's okay. What's one thing I, in the last few weeks under 20 bucks? I might Wait, have to come back to that one. Eat your mic. Eat your mic. Oh, okay, eat my mic. Well, what's one thing you got delivered to your house like yesterday or the day before? Uh, I got... Well, I guess I wasn't delivered onto Ace for that. What? I've like, no. I ordered stuff off, off Amazon recently, I feel like. Okay, well, I'm not talking about under $20 now. I just got oh. a garden. Oh, I just got a garden. Yeah, that's cool. It's so cool. We Downloaded s- that. Yeah, we set it up last night. If you don't know what a garden is, it's like one of those lettuce grow things. You can put it in your house and grow vegetables hydroponically. Rao got one called Garden, and it's yeah. so cool. It has its lights on it. It's like having an additional sun in your room, honestly. Yeah, I mean, like the bright thing, not like yeah. a child. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it's awesome. Yeah, it has like all these plants. I was, I was going to tell you all the pods are like wet, so it's working. <gasps> so it's working. Yeah, very exciting. Um, oh, my God. We have like, I think it's like three to five days until we get some sprouts. Yeah. Or maybe it's 14 days. I can't remember. I, I, I want to say it's them. like a few weeks, but hopefully it's kind of like spaced out. Uh, but yeah, I'm excited for it. It'll be nice to have just like herbs in a room in your home and lettuces because, well, yeah, New Year's resolution this year, one of them is like reducing food waste. Boom. And I always do that with like buying cilantro and parsley mainly, I'd say, and like bags of cucumbers. But I don't know if you can grow that in the garden. But uh, yeah, it's like it'll be nice to just have herbs that you can just, you know, pick a few stems off of and Yeah. Cook. And be a little bit more sustainable than the rest of us home cooks out here. Yeah, trying trying my best. All right. So if you haven't caught wind, Rao's a foodie. And probably one of the most enthusiastic foodies I've met in a really long time. When did you start liking food? And when did you really like start getting into it? Do you have like an early memory of it with somebody teaching you? Um, I feel like I've always kind of liked food. It wasn't necessarily always good food that I liked. Um, Were you a picky eater as a kid? Yeah, so growing up, super picky. I'd, I'd only eat spaghettios and like lemons. Stop. Yeah. Would your mom freak interesting. out? And hot dogs, obviously. But yeah, she, my mom hated it. She would cry all the time because I was like a twig who would refuse to eat. Um, and then I'd get older and I was still picky, but like I loved California Pizza Kitchen. Shout out. Shout out. They're not sponsoring us. I, I would take it though. <laughs> Uh, I've listened to like so many I'll podcasts. Reach out, I'll it's reach like out. I'm just going through all the motions here. Um, no, but so yeah, I guess growing up, like I liked, um, you know, from, from restaurants we'd go to and stuff. Like there were certain dishes I loved, and I was like craving things. And then I don't really know when I started cooking stuff. I would say like, you know, in high school, um, started like cooking with like leftovers and seeing like, oh, you know, we had steak leftovers, you know, can we make like the best quesadilla ever made? And then, you know, we would, you know, cut up some onions and fry some stuff up and kind of go from there. And then as a, I think it was like a high school graduation to me and all my step siblings and my sister, my mom or stepdad would get us um, like a knife uh, skills class with them. Oh, sick. Yeah. So that was like cool. Um, and so then after that, I was like, oh, cutting stuff's kind of fun. Um, cutting stuff the right way is the kind right of way fun. is kind of fun. And like, I like, and, and this, I guess, applies for things outside of food too, but 
like the way you cut things, there's reasons for that. And I like kind of going through actions that have reasons behind them and like learning why that is. And then Mm -hmm. that has always kind of helped me like remember like, oh, you know, you cut onion this way because of, you know, X, Y, Z. Damn. And so I guess cooking has a lot of things like that. Like, you know, you pat a chicken thigh dry before you fry it. So the skin gets crispier because if there's water in the pan, it will splash everywhere. Um, And so like little things like that, I always find like interesting with like with everything in life really but with like cooking and stuff and and or specifically it's like the science behind it all for your engineering brain i feel like yeah it definitely is the systems yeah. behind uh that's what i love about cooking too if you really think about it a lot of it is food science it's just like fun to experiment and see how it works the best do you have like a go-to cuisine or a go-to meal that you really like to cook um, I have a few go-to meals. Go-to cuisine is kind of hard. I like. I think I cook probably mostly like Italian or what do we keep new New American? New um, no, American, yeah, California cuisine. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I I like. I don't really have a go-to cuisine. I I, I guess I've been trying kind of more Asian flavors. Um, but. For like go-to foods, I tend to cook chicken thighs a lot. I like to cook chicken and like vegetable heavy things um, just because they're healthier and like I'm, I don't like to eat too much red meat and stuff like that. I don't really have a go-to like dish. I guess I have like a few different chicken thigh go-to dishes. This is such a lie. We know like what your go-to dish is. A stew. Oh, stews. But oh, <laughs> oh, stews are a bit different. Um I guess it's, yeah. it's winter only. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. I tend to make stews a lot in the winter, because um, I mean it's hard to find like good fresh like vegetables for non cooked veggie dishes. Yeah. So stews are a good way to eat a lot of vegetables and like especially like kale and like um, you know Swiss chard and stuff. And you, know, you just cook it down and like it's it's nice and healthy. And then it's also just like warming and, you know, good at the slice of toast. Yeah. With a slice of fat slice of sourdough, honestly. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's so funny. I love how like naturally healthy you stay. Is that like a theme in your life, you think? Um, I guess so. Because you cook really healthy meals often. Like yeah. It, so I'm like, who inspired that? Or is that just like I'm listening to my body, I feel like? I don't know. I think it's like partly listening to my body, partly for some reason, I think it's like important to myself to eat healthy and like, I don't know, I don't really eat too many sweets and I don't like going like a full day of, you know, just eating like carbs and protein and like dairy or something. Um, but yeah, like I've, I, like I don't think I've cooked with like butter in the last year, which is kind of weird. Right. I'm like you're so you're just very mindful when it comes to cooking, and yeah. I feel like a lot of people don't even think about it. Like they just make pasta and call it a day, you know, pasta yeah, and butter. I do love pasta, but like at the same time, whenever I make a stew, I always started off with like cooking pancetta and then cooking veggies and like pork fat, which probably is like more unhealthy than butter, but it's just really tasty. <laughs> It's kind of like cheat codes to make a dish taste good. <laughs> cheat codes. <laughs> yeah. And, I, you know, a lot of salt, obviously. Yeah. I was going to ask, do you have a favorite ingredient? Oh, yeah. Uh, Which we tried to talk about last night, but it kind of like, we went down a rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah. Do I, like, actually, pancetta would be up there, I think. But, yeah, it'd have to be like salt, olive oil, or garlic. 
Remind me of a pancetta. Is pancetta like bacon? It's yeah, it's pretty much thing. bacon. I think you cure it differently, and so it it doesn't have like that bacon smell or flavor. It just, or it kind of has the flavor a little bit, but it's like it's cured pork butt. Yeah. So it's super fatty. Um, the fat like renders out really well, and then you get these like crispy little bites of pork. Fuck me up. Fuck yeah. Me up. Yeah, it's it's tasty. There's a pasta dish I want to try actually that like some New York Times writer combined three different like common pasta recipes into one and like said it was just like phenomenal and it sounds amazing. Is that where you would say you get most of your recipes, New York Times? Yeah, for sure. I like New York Times New York Times cooking a lot. Um I mean it's kind of cool because they have like a bunch of different writers who do recipes and so you can kind of figure out which ones you like more. You know, some of the writers are very, like, some of the recipes are kind of just, like, over the top and too much. And so, you can know, like, I'll avoid them. And then some are, like, okay, you know, like, Melissa Clark is always, I'd say, fairly straightforward and simple and, like, always tastes really good. And then, for some reason, like, New York Times recipes are big on, um, like, one-pot dishes or sheet pan dishes, mm. which I I think, like, only cook mainly. Um not because like cleanups easier that way, but I've, I don't know. I've just found, I kind of like to just like add everything, you know, into one pot. So at the end of the meal, it's like, you know, you have this one dish that's in one pot and then, you know, have a salad or rest of veggies or whatever. And, you know, second thing. Damn. Yeah. Well, one pot cooking is just like amazing. Cause it all really marries together too. It's just like the flavors are boom. Yeah. Um, what makes you look at a recipe and be like, damn, this is way too much. Is it too many ingredients? Is it too many steps? I feel like ingredients uh, is always one thing um, that sometimes it's like, okay, that's just a lot. Um, Another thing is, you know, sometimes they're like, you know, start this process the day before, like 18 hours before. Oh, prep. Prep. And it's like, okay, like I need to really prepare if I want to do this. And, And that can, I don't know, like mentally be overwhelming in a sense. Um sometimes too many steps or like yeah i guess like if it uses oh no i guess i do a lot of recipes and i like them they use like the oven and the stovetop uh but yeah i would say like the ingredient list would be something that kind of like can turn me off yeah like obscure ingredients that 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 would be my turn off just obscure ingredients and an 18 hour process would also yeah i would be like no pass um Raul also travels a ton And every time you're in a new city, you kind of always go to a new restaurant or something that, like, looks cool. Do Mm -hmm. you let your friends pick the restaurants you go to in these cities? Or are you searching for them? Uh, That's a good question. I guess it matters. I keep saying everything's a good question. Thank Uh, you. I'm doing my job well. I'm just kidding. No, it matters. (laughs) I guess a lot of my friends were also foodies. And so, like... If I go to New York City, I think I'm, like, rarely picking restaurants to go to. I always, like, my sister lives there and, and um, you know, she knows a lot of good restaurants. Then my friend Matt, like, also is, like, a massive foodie and wine guy. And so he'll, <clears throat> you know, um, you know, always pick good places. So, yeah, I think usually if I travel to a restaurant, like, 95% of the time, I let my friends in those cities kind of pick the places. Oh, I like that. Yeah. If we, like, travel somewhere for, like, a wedding, like, went to Bozeman last year. Um, well, the groom and bride live there, so they kind of recommended a few places, and then like a few of us kind of looked at the restaurants and the menus, and then kind of went from there. 
What do you kind of look for when making a choice? Um, I like small menus. <gasps> nice. Yeah. I like small menus. I like menus that have like vegeta- well, vegetarian options, I'd say, but also just like veggie heavy and appetizers and stuff like that. Um, I love like raw fish, like crudo and stuff is always a plus on a menu. Um, but yeah, I'd say like, you know, small and, you know, a restaurant that's like not doing too much. Um, small, local, seasonal. Yeah, yeah. Like the anti-cheesecake factory menu. Anti-cheesecake. I, when's the last time you've been to a chain restaurant besides California Pizza Kitchen when you were a kid? Um, I feel like I went kind of recently to one, but maybe not. I feel like it's been forever. It's Yeah, it's kind of been forever. Um, Graham and I went to an Applebee's like months ago, and I was like, we have to keep this a secret. Let's not tell anyone we came here. <laughs> so, as I talk about it on the podcast. So I was like embarrassed. <laughs> well, I feel like Denver is I have too many. Like if Taco Bell counts, like I went to a Taco Bell. Oh, that totally counts as yeah. a shame. I'd say Taco Bell is now my most frequented chain restaurant. <laughs> hangovers? Um, or hangovers, just like drunk food? Drunk food. I'd say mostly drunk food. Yeah, hangovers, I'm not about to get Taco Bell. I get ramen a lot on the hangover. Ramen. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The ramen is the rom. We have a ramen spot around the corner that is just like amazing, and that they know Alex. Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> so last time I went there, like last week, to pick up my order, you know, the woman comes up and she goes, "Oh, hey, Alex. Like, I didn't think that was you on the phone because you ordered something slightly different. Like, I didn't get a side of chili paste." And so she's like, "I thought it wasn't you." And then there was a woman waiting in line for the bathroom, and she looked at me. She's like. It's actually good to hear. I'm not like the only one who's like order they know here. Like, <laughs> and I was like, honestly, that feels good to hear as well. She's like, yeah, I come here weekly. I was like, yeah, <laughs> me as well. Wait, that's literally amazing. Yeah. It's so amazing. So I remember, okay, this is, can I say this? You oh, were about sure. to go on a date and one of the like dates oh, yeah. was like, we should go to Sarah's Ramen. And Alex was like, let's not. <laughs> Yeah. Because he was nervous <laughs> of everyone recognizing him there, which yeah. was so awesome. I think you should have went in and sent it and been like, yeah, I'm a boss here. You know, they know who I am. Next I mean, time. I, next time. I think that in that case, it was like a second date with that person. And I was like, I can't. So true. I can't just walk in there and have, have everyone yeah, being have like, hello, be like, Alex. Oh, hey, hello, Alex. <laughs> like, I think I've dined in once too. And I, like, I always just get takeout from there it's two blocks away yeah i i've never dined in there i want to i want to dine in there though yeah it's kind of fun do are you kind of um okay so we talked about either beer or wine you said wine yeah what about wine or cocktails another good question um i so i think i well i i do like cocktails and i like to kind of start i guess dinner with a cocktail if it's like a good cocktail restaurant and then move to wine for dinner. Yeah, you pulled that power move this past Friday at Annette, and I was like, this is, I like this style. I Um, like a good, I like that. Yeah, I like it too. Like, cost-wise, I I don't know if it's any difference, really, but it's kind of, I don't know, I feel like people can just, like, toss back drinks, and so if you have a bottle of wine with you, it's, like, a lot faster to refill, and I don't know, it's kind of, for some reason, a society norm to drink wine with food. And actually, that kind of, like, lines up. Like, if you if you do 
have you know some light appetizers and a good white wine it like kind of just goes really well together and same thing with like a heavy meal and like red wine or something it's like oh yeah this you know makes me happy yeah i didn't even think about the service aspect of it too like just having a bottle of wine on the table makes it so much easier for everyone to have a drink always yeah yeah like that is a power move yeah and i mean their service was like amazing but oh their service was amazing yeah we went to this awesome restaurant called annette on friday night and rao booked us a table in their private yurt which was so cool and somehow we ended up being the only table in there for the whole night so we spent three hours (laughs) at this dinner (laughs) and Raoul I think ordered almost everything on the menu we got everything but what four things yeah I don't even don't even remember we didn't get like the mussels there was like a sardine dish that actually sounded really good or anchovy dish which were like half of us tried anchovies at the table and it was uh polarizing they were tasty though as someone who like doesn't like fishy fish i thought i thought it was tasty is there anything you would not try uh yeah probably like i don't there's some like fermented stuff that i find like really weird um but yeah like i I don't know some organs i think would kind of gross me out same but i i at this point i think i'd try like a bite of everything well we made our own pate at your house didn't we what did we make out of the liver? What did we... What? Didn't we make some kind of chicken liver pate one day? No. No. I'm, okay. Um, I'm kind of down, though. I want to make beef heart, and I, I think... And Whole Foods has beef tongue, but it's like this huge... Tongue? Well, cows have huge tongues, yeah. We actually did have beef tongue at Annette. Yeah, and it was like cooked really well. It was cooked really well. That was my first time having beef tongue, and, and if I was offered it again, I would maybe try it, but it has to be like yeah. grilled like it was yeah it's like super tender they also served it with like bone marrow toast which was so bomb so that just made it way better bone marrow is my new favorite like uh special plate to get um what's oh, interesting the absolute craziest thing you've eat, put in your mouth um food i had like whale blubber once <laughs> we were like north of siberia in russia yeah in this like tiny village with eskimos and they offered us like whale blubber um and these like they can't they came in like paper dixie cups shut up it was just like a shot that you were spending it was it was kind of like a piece of fat i don't really remember if it was cooked or not i just remember getting it and being like this probably can't be good and it wasn't that good it tasted like super fishy and and at the time, I, I was, like, 14, so I, like, really did not like fish at all. Um, did you puke? I did not puke, no. <laughs> but I was, like, I, I don't have to eat that again. Yeah. And I think I chewed it and swallowed it and then, like, drank water after or something. Um, but, yeah, that's probably, like, one of the more gnarlier things I've put in my mouth. Um, I don't know. I've had, like, duck heart and beef heart a few times. And that's always been, like, really good actually really how is it prepared or where um, where were kebab. you where were you san francisco actually oh, all wow. times yeah there's a peruvian restaurant in san francisco that has like occasionally a special appetizer that's beef heart skewers and then we went to this other restaurant called the morris last time i was there um that specializes in like duck wow. like smoked duck their duck's really good but they have an appetizer of duck heart skewers and it's served um with like a teriyaki glaze almost 
Yum. Yeah, it was like super tasty. I, I anything teriyaki is like bomb. Yeah. It's like in my nice mind, and sweet. like mm-hmm. it's so good. Tangy. Damn, fun stuff. Yeah. If you could like travel Okay, you've been to a lot of countries. Have you how many countries have you been to? Oh, I did the math recently. I think it's like thirty three. Okay, amazing. Does any do any of the countries you've been to like stick out the most their food scene? Does that stick out the most in your mind to you? Yeah. Like if I was like, I'm planning a vacation around food, Mm. what country should I go to? Yeah. So like three that stand out would be like Italy, definitely. And Italy also for wine, because you can just get like a bottle of house red, like a liter of house red wine for like three euros. Stop. At at, like any restaurant. Yeah. You can go to a wine store and give them like 20 euros and they'll give you a case of wine. It's like ridiculous. Um, So yeah, Italy san sebastian in spain which is on like the northern coast of spain like right near the border with france um their food scene is like ridiculous and everything's super fresh and they have all the restaurants that are like i forget what it's called the style but tapas it's it's like tapas kind of no it's it's something slightly different but the idea is like you go into like a, a bar type restaurant it's like a tiny bar and you order a beer and then with the beer they'll give you a small plate of food oh yeah just like whatever the chef wants to cook that day exactly stop sometimes it's like literally a finger or not finger bite i forget that term but sometimes it's a small sandwich sometimes it's you know like a cracker with like a piece of fish on it um kind of varies then obviously they have dishes that you can order as well but they like pride themselves on um like ingredients like the best ingredients and like using fresh ingredients and all that so yeah san sebastian's amazing and then japan would be the other place japan's just like um yeah they've like perfected food and like all cuisines like we went to an italian restaurant in japan that had some of the best like pasta i've ever had and all the chefs are just like these old japanese people why do you think they why do you think they've perfected everything? It's like part of their culture. Just to be masters. Yeah. So I Master so- one skill, I guess. Exactly. Yeah. So like like the Italian place we went to only had pasta. They like didn't wow. have pizza. They didn't have mains. They only had pasta. Um, and like we went to a tempura restaurant where every, I think it was like 14 courses and every single course was like t- something tempurid. Wow. Um, but yeah, they just focus on one very specific like type of cuisine or whatever and then perfect it. Yeah. Um, and it makes like really good food. But uh, yeah, it's kind of wild just like they have all these different types of cuisines and it's all Japanese chefs that, yeah. that learned it. Yeah, that would blow my mind. Do you have a dream restaurant that you'd like to go to one day? Like one that already exists that I yeah. want to go to? yeah. Oh, we can uh, talk about your dream that already exists and then a hypothetical dream. <laughs> um, <laughs> I wanted to go to that one like in Norway. Why do I want to say it's Noma? It, yeah, Noma. But they're closing down. Stop it. Yeah. Wait, why? Uh, I don't chef's know. Oh, over the, it? So the chef's like, um, you know, having this restaurant's been like so like taxing on, on, my, on his life. He's like, I just can't do this anymore. I'm kind of over it. Holy moly. I mean, it makes sense. Those chefs are like so intense. Yeah. Those chefs are extremely intense and it's just like very, very demanding. Um, so yeah, I guess that would like maybe be it. Cool. I have a friend that works there. Yeah. I remember you saying that. Yeah. That she's cool. cool. 
She's cool. I cooked a meal with her in Joshua Tree when we were there for like a birthday trip. It was sick. Damn. Yeah, that's sweet. She was like, can you fabricate this chicken? And I was like, yes, yeah, chef. <laughs> <laughs> Had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> I just deboned some chicken legs for like the first time two weeks ago because I needed skill. skin on boneless chicken legs. Yeah. And it was super easy. Did you watch YouTube? How'd you learn it? Uh, Yeah, I think I watched one YouTube video. Wow. Hell yeah. Yeah. Do you watch like a lot of YouTube videos to get some technique down? Uh, kind of. Yeah. I don't like comparatively, I think to other people, I don't watch like a lot of YouTube, but, um, I'll for sure check them out sometimes. Like depend if I'm cooking something, I have like no idea what I'm doing. Yeah. Then I'll hundred percent check them out. And like, I'm the type of person who loves like unsolicited advice. <laughs> so... <laughs> I love that about you. <laughs> yeah, like I love to know if I'm doing something wrong or if I'm if I could be or if it, yeah, if I could be doing something in a better way. I I like really really want to know that. And so I think having like YouTube or you know these other resources to like you know figure that out is is cool. I respect you a lot because you're very adventurous in the kitchen and you like never shy away from trying something new, which a lot of people are like weary about especially when it comes to cooking and like messing something up you know what i mean so it's always so much fun like i have a golden rule that you never make a new dish for a guest that you haven't made before yeah i was gonna say that yeah you don't have that rule i don't have that rule my like that's a rule in our family like my stepdad has like talked about that a lot really yeah one thanksgiving we made a habanero salsa. Well, so for Thanksgiving, we like do traditional and then we always make something that's like not traditional because turkey kind of stinks and I don't know, Thanksgiving dinners are just like, eh. Yeah. So one year we made like a bunch of carnitas and homemade beans and tortillas and salsas. And one of the salsas, yeah, was a habanero salsa that we should have read like the reviews for because they were all like, hey, don't make this. Like you'll literally die. It was like 18 charred habaneros, like six cloves of garlic and like lime juice. And you like, yeah, it was hot. It was so spicy. And then my stepdad like got mad at my stepbrother and I for making it. it. And he's like, you can't even put this out near the food in case someone accidentally takes some. (laughs) And then he was like, why the heck did you guys do this? Like making it for the first time, like for Thanksgiving dinner, not before. And we're just like, it's a salsa. And and then we, we went out and got like pineapples and like pineapple juice and grapefruits. And then we like added that to it and it became like really good. But oh, it was still yeah. like insanely hot. But I'm kind of notorious for trying new dishes for the first time with yeah, guests. Yeah, I like love it. That other date when I made the Cornish game hens. Yeah, Rao made us well, Raul had a date over and invited Graham and I because dinner party. And um, he made Cornish game hens. And it was bomb. Yeah, it was like a soup with them. Yeah, yeah it was that honestly. Was cool. That was a lot of first for me. I've never like stuffed a bird. So like you stu- we stuffed it or I stuffed it with like rice and garlic pretty much. And Oh, that's right. Yeah, and then you cook the whole thing in, in uh, like a broth you make. And then the rice like cooks inside the hen. <laughs> Um, and it was a very like eat with your hands style meal, which I love as well. Yeah, but at the same time, it was fancy as hell. It was crazy. Yeah, it's, it's Cornish game hens. It was so cool. Yeah. And then Raul also has like sous vide a bunch of stuff for us in the past and like has yeah. done the whole duck thing. And that's 
bomb, bomb, bomb. Raw's a chef. I need to make duck again. Friends. <laughs> that duck was really good. Um, okay, now last, I want to hear your hypothetical dream restaurant situation. Oh, well, the, I don't know if this is like a dream restaurant, but I was like younger. I, I was like 17, I think, or 18 maybe, and went down to Brazil to my sister studying abroad in Rio. So my mom and I went to, to visit her and had this like ridiculous sandwich down there. And then for some reason, I was like, whoa, it'd be cool to have like a sandwich named after me <laughs> at like a restaurant or something. And so that became like my life goal to like have a sandwich named after me. Oh my God. Wh- like you wanted it to be named Alex Rao or Rao? Or like the Alex or the Rao. The Alex or the Rao. The I guess Rao uh, like in my fraternity, there was the Rao sandwich, which was a BLT with avocado and a fried egg. So you were like close to getting your dream in college. Yeah, but that's like in our fraternity house basement with like well with our chef D Ray. So D Ray, yeah, shout out, <laughs> love her honestly. Um, but yeah, so now my goal is to have this like sandwich named after me, and I think it would be a steak sandwich with caramelized onions, garlic aioli, probably some like slices of tomato and lettuce. Wow. Yeah, on like a nice fresh crunchy ciabatta. Chibata. I was hoping you were going to say Chibata. Yeah, yeah. Do you have a favorite restaurant in Denver right now? Um, I think it would be Annette where we just went. Hell yeah. I That's... was going to say it was either Annette or Spuntino. But last time, well, actually, last time we went to Spuntino was really good, but Annette kind of blew it out of the water. I also really, really like what's the pizza place? Cart Driver. Cart Driver. Such a fun vibe. Yeah. I think Cart Driver's pizza is like next level. Yeah. Some of the best you can find. It's just ridiculous. Um, and they, they make seasonal pizzas. They change it up a lot. Their salads are really good. You can, they also have a red wine and a one liter bottle, which is fun. Love one liter bottles. And they yeah. also do oysters, which is bomb. Yeah. And then the one here in Highlands does pasta, but I have not had their pasta. Stop it. Yeah. I bet that's just, we should probably go well. there. We should probably go there. Uh, what are you doing for dinner tonight? Uh, going over to Maddie's. Oh, yeah. I think we're getting poke. Oh, where are you getting poke from? TBD. I don't know any poke places. I like Ohana Island. I think that might just be its name. I want to say grill, but they don't grill anything. So cute. But yeah, it's uh, really good. Cute. Yeah. Last thing. Um, and then we'll be done. What is your go-to dish for one person? For cooking, but like for myself. For yourself. Ooh. Um, do I want leftovers? Uh, or, yeah, I mean, like you could cook leftovers, but just like your homey, cozy go-to dish that you're gonna want on a Friday, maybe a Wednesday night when you're not doing anything. Yeah, if I'm I, if I'm usually cooking for myself, I think I usually do like a sheet pan dinner. So I'll just get like Smart. vegetables and like two sausages from from the deli or, or the grocery store, um, and then just like roast it all in a sheet pan in the oven. Sick. And like you know, get some bread. It's so easy. Yeah. Would you say cooking is easy? Um, yeah, cooking's easy. It can be hard to get into. It can be very overwhelming because there's like a lot of different aspects to it. But I think it's like fairly easy. And I, I would for sure start with like recipes that are marked easy. I know New York Times, they have recipes they mark easy. And it's like not just for like timing. It takes like 30 minutes or less. But also it's like marked easy because it's like, you know, you don't have to chop too many ingredients or whatever. 
Yeah, boom. Yeah. And go get a knife skills class. Yeah, knife skills or like watch YouTube videos. Like if you have to like cut a bell pepper or onions or whatever, you can just like YouTube, like how do I cut a bell pepper? Yeah. And it will just make your life a lot easier. Yeah. I'd also say like the chef show actually on Netflix is really Ooh, cool. educational. Like super educational. Like John Favreau or however you, however you pronounce his name is like very good at asking like why to like the chefs on the Ooh, show. We love a why. So he's like, why do you salt the food here? Why do you put it in boiling water? And like, Boom. you know, he's he's very and like, why do you turn the heat to low or put it in a cold pan, then turn the heat on? Um, so he's very good at like asking why you do certain things, which kind of gets back to my like. Why you like it all. Why I like it all is like. Damn. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a good place to start well do you have anything else um i don't know I'm, any final words i'm terrible at open-ended questions like that for any the living words? madly just put a lot of salt in your food boom salt is my favorite ingredient yeah salt at the okay so at the culinary school they tell us like salt is considered like a magic ingredient because whatever you put it on it just makes the flavors like bolder yeah and it brings out the flavors. So, like, if you're ever cooking something and you're like, this tastes weird or I'm just not into it, throw salt on it. Yeah. I'd say salt or, like, vinegars, too. Oof. Like, see. that's a secret ingredient on stews. At the end, turn the heat off and just, like, put, you know, tablespoon or two tablespoons of, like, apple cider vinegar, red wine vinegar in there. Really? Yeah. And it, like, brightens it up a lot. Or you can make, like, a gremolata. Like, a... A gremolata's... Parsley. Bad. It's, like, parsley, lemon zest, and, well, I think it has raw garlic in it, but Matt says <laughs> it doesn't need that. But having, no. like, a chopped up parsley, lemon zest thing, you can just, like, sprinkle on anything that's, like, Italian-flavored. Um, goes really well with mushrooms, too, because it's, like, mushrooms are earthy. Yeah. Um... Yeah, that's a, that's a nice little like cheat code as well. And get yourself a nice bottle of one liter red wine. Yeah, yeah, get a liter bottle and have a little party a bottle. <laughs> well, thanks for coming today. Thanks for having me. We chatted more than I thought we would. How, how long was that? Forty-seven minutes. Oh, nailed it. Nailed it. Um, and if you're interested in taking a knife skills class, I can actually help with that. <laughs> True. If you're in the Denver area and you want to take a class at Cook Street, just hit me up. I'll send you a little discount code. But remember, email me because I'm not on social media. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So email me at maddiedevico at gmail.com. Um, if you have any questions for Raul, send them to me. I'll ask <laughs> him and get back to you. Um, but thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks for having me. It was a pleasure to sit on the floor with you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. See you next week. Bye. Adios.